Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Bobby Moynihan was just a kid when he first tried out for Saturday Night Live. And by that I mean he had his mom go get the camcorder. She did her best Don Pardo impression as a very young Bobby opened the door for the bathroom in a fancy suit. That video did not get him the job. In fact, they didn't even submit it to Lorne and the team. They probably just showed it to some aunts and uncles. And also, you know, teenage Eddie Murphy aside, Saturday Night Live, not really a show for kids. But as you probably know, Bobby Moynihan eventually did get on Saturday Night Live. He starred on the show for nearly a decade. He did some impressions, but his strength was portraying offbeat characters, ones not necessarily rooted in the headlines of the day, just lovable doofuses that only Moynihan could play like maybe his most popular, Drunk Uncle. When I was a kid, $5, you could get, you could get hot dog, milk, bread, cigarettes, television. <laughs> Nowadays, it's just, is this gluten-free? Moynihan left the show in 2017. He did some voice acting. He's appeared on shows like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and in movies like The Secret Life of Pets. Recently, he played Jaden Quapis on the sitcom Mr. Mayor. He's also started writing. There's Lofi, a series of shorts about a cartoon drug-dealing manatee. Lightning Wolves, which launched earlier this year on Comedy Central's YouTube. It's an adult send-up of late 20th century animated shows like Captain Planet and Transformers. The Omniverse has called on me, uh, us, for protection for our home planet of cell toys. Lightning wolves, combine. And now Bobby Moynihan has a picture book. Not All Sheep Are Boring is about sheep and how sheep actually live rich, interesting lives with hobbies like drinking coffee or metal detecting or pasta eating. Well, I mean, maybe not all sheep lead rich, interesting lives. Some sheep are just sheep. Uh, We'll talk more about it later. I'm really thrilled to get to talk with Bobby Moynihan for the show. Let's get into it. Bobby Moynihan, welcome to Bullseye. It's nice to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Why did you want to write a children's book? Why not? You know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think there's probably children's. Right, I'll see you later. <laughs> children's book authors right now who are listening and so they're like, I, you it's my son life. Of a b- <laughs> no, I I wanted to I it, I wanted to write a, a story. I had a story in my head and I wrote it down and I want my daughter to read it someday. How old's your daughter? Uh 5. When I read kids' books with my kids, um, the youngest of whom is now five, I found myself getting really mad at children's books for being bad uh, (laughs) because kids will just accept that because they haven't read any other books. But then I also (laughs) had the feeling like when I would read a good one, I would be like, this is the greatest thing in history. Yeah, it's that too. It's it's knowing that you'll be a part of something really. Sp- I mean, like I think we all have. Hopefully, we all have like 
I remember my mom reading me Richard Scarry's bedtime books and the last line of the book was wait a minute i gotta go get a glass of water i remember it was like a thing that like i did with my mom before we went to bed as something i hold dear and like the fact that you could create something that could make another family do that is nuts it's a fun interesting thing (laughs) did you read it to kids when you were writing it no i it's funny i'm i'm realizing now i don't think i've read it to a child yet (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's chutzpah yeah do you yeah. do you think do you think prospectively that the gags will work yeah i hope yeah i mean like they uh, yeah yeah <laughs> who doesn't they, love a caps for sale parody yeah i'm not even sure what that is caps for sale there's a page in your book that is a parody of the book caps for sale you know, caps for sale, caps for sale, 50 cents a cap. And then the monkey steals his caps and then he shakes his fist at them and they shake their fist at him. And it's the tree from caps. They're one of the sheep in your book loves yeah, hats. Yeah, no, I don't know the reference, but yeah, just a sheep that loves hats. <laughs> just, the whole joke is that all sheeps are, I'm saying that all, I mean, the whole the whole joke to me was... Not all sheep are boring, but I'm saying they kind of are. Like it start, you start off going like, "Oh, this one's interesting," and then as the book goes on, the sheep get more boring. <laughs> did the, you? And then the frog falls asleep. Did you have like a file in your phone that was <clears throat> types of sheep you had thought of? No, i i had the i i had the idea. I thought it was funny of people count sheep to fall asleep, and why is that? And I just thought, you know, sheep are boring, and I thought it would be funny to start explaining that, you know, not all sheep are boring, and then to realize at the end that they were, and I was wrong, and I felt the dog, the, well, the toad, who's the narrator, falls asleep because he's wrong, and he puts himself to sleep because sheep are so boring. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sheep that you created for the book? Uh, Sure. Pierre is, I, I just like the idea of, uh, there's, there's one named Pierre who we don't talk about. He's hiding behind a tree. He has some secrets. <laughs> I did like we the one with about Pierre. I, 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 I didn't realize that you had seen it. So I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know anyone had seen it. Um, also, by the way, it's crazy. I'm realizing now all I do is silly improv podcasts. So I came in very underprepared. I was like ready to be insane. And if, if, <laughs> Feels like, a, like it's. I forget that there's this is like a real interview show. I'm known as the Scott Ackerman of public radio. <laughs> Congratulations! I, I expected you to come in here and do a character while I'm vaguely hostile well, I, to it. I think what I, <laughs> I think what I I think what I'm realizing is that's all I do. <laughs> that's all I do is show up and say hi. I'm Batman, <laughs> and then and then be crazy for an hour. I, feel- I very rarely go like, oh, you read a book that I wrote? Oh no, I wrote the book in my bathroom one day like <laughs> that's what i did over the pandemic it was fun it was i tried to to to, to write all day and, and ended up in a bathroom writing i feel like ackerman's yes and is more of like a eh, no <laughs> uh that's it i i yeah but that's the whole fun of that show is it's just insane like <laughs> it's my favorite place to go because you could just be very silly. It's silly wins at Comedy Bang Bang, in my, in I, at least in my experience. I mean, I think that there are a lot of your characters, not just on the silly comedy podcast, Comedy Bang Bang, but also on Saturday Night Live, that are 
basically excuses for you to be goofy and silly. Like, (laughs) there are some with more, like, some have more concept than others. Some have more sort of specific jokes than others. But mostly it's just a setup for you to go like, do-do-do-do-do in some ridiculous way. I think I just like playing people who are having a good time even if they maybe shouldn't be, or they're just, they're happy. I like playing people who are living their life. (laughs) (laughs) Is that aspirational for you or representational? Like, do you think that's what you're like in real life? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think so. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like Seth Meyers said to me to, said to me once, like, and I, I just remember thinking like, that was a real piece of advice that I should remember in this moment was he was just like, whenever you personally are having like a blast, people love it. And I was just like, I feel like that to me was something that I went, I'd never, no one had ever really said that to me. And I went like, yeah, like, I feel like that's when I'm at my best too, is like when I would be having a blast with him doing drunk uncle. And like, I got to improvise a little, which like, you're not allowed to do, but it was like, because you did it with Seth, dad, he said, it's okay. (laughs) Like, so like that, him saying that offhanded sentence to me one night at behind the update desk during a rehearsal, and I just went like, oh, okay, maybe if I do that. <laughs> I mean, there is something about Saturday Night Live that carries that really well because it's so, you know, the reason the show is live is because it, you know, it, it reinforces that fresh connection between the audience and the performers that, like, everyone is in this crazy thing that the cast is trying to do, which is do 7,000 sketches in a row over 90 minutes live on television that they've prepared over the course of six days. And like, there's a certain amount to which just having the audience rooting for you and having a nice time with you is essential. (laughs) It was also currency and like you also needed it there. I mean, like it was a place where like that, when that was happening, when you were killing that's you were contributing now you sound scared <laughs> cuz I, I it's funny i i don't talk about snl that much anymore and i've been away from it for so long now 5 years and like i have a daughter and it's so different that it's and i've had a lot of therapy so like it's very uh yeah i'm in a very different place with it so it it's when i start to think about it i think about it a lot differently now in what way um, it meant everything at the time. It was everything I had wanted it my whole life. And then I was there and I was in it and it was hard to process and everything was going on. And I was in love and getting married and a lot of other stuff. And then the second it ended, it was like life kicked in and I got married. I had a kid and like all that. So to look at back now at five years and go like, Oh, it was a, like, it was a job. Like <laughs> it was a job that I had. And like, and, and to now just look at it in a completely different light, is crazy. And well, I don't know if crazy is the right word. It's le- it's so much less crazy now than it was then to me. But it's also a billion percent more crazy because it, it – I saw a video recently of a guy – you see a guy uh, – 
not sure where it is, but it's like a real foggy day. And he's going across one of those like it's like a glass bridge or like a, a suspension bridge that has like wood planks and it's just rope. And it's super, super, super high up. And he's got a harness. It's like one of these things you do where you put a harness on and you. I don't like do a those tourist, things. Well, a I tourist thing, like, you know, yeah. where you like run across this bridge and it's like it's super, super high up. And he does it. But right as he gets to the other end, he realizes he's not clipped in. So his safety harness was never clipped in and he just ran across it without even thinking and he makes it across, but then he's not clipped in and he's kind of like, Oh, I made it. And like, that's how I, I saw that. And I was like, that's how I feel. <laughs> I was like, I look back, <clears throat> excuse me. I look back now and I just like, I, 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 if I see anything with it now, I see a little kid who was just running full speed through his Toys R Us shopping spree that he won. And now I think back and I go like, that was crazy. <laughs> like, I can't believe I made it out. Okay. Even more still to come with Bobby Moynihan. When we come back from a quick break, we will talk about what life is like after the pressure cooker of Saturday Night Live. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Bobby Moynihan, Bobby is, of course, a veteran of Saturday Night Live. He starred on that show between 2008 and 2017. He's also been on shows like Mr. Mayor, DuckTales, and Nature Cat. He just published his first ever picture book. It's called Not All Sheep Are Boring. It's out now. Let's get back into our conversation. Most folks that I know who are doing sketch and improv as, you know, 20-year-olds and 28-year-olds, it's because their life is built around the dream of what if I got on Saturday Night Live. You got on Saturday Night Live, and then you have to figure out, and Saturday Night Live is all-consuming, and then you have to figure out, like... Navigating the rest of your life after yeah, like, that. Who which was am the I? insane hard part, yeah. If I'm not just ambition and then being in a maelstrom of having achieved this dream... It's funny, Seth Myers. another thing I remember him saying, which was the night, uh, my last, oh, I don't know if you want to call it that, but like the, the I did Ask Cat right before, like the week, the mon the Sunday before my first SNL. And he just offhandedly was just like, oh, welcome now to just like uh, the rest of your life, just slights for the rest of your, the tiny slights for the rest of your life and just always being Saturday Night Live's blank. And it was just like, that's it. For the rest of your life, you are Saturday Night Knives, Bobby Moynihan. That's for no matter what you do, that's how you'll be introduced for the rest of your life. And like he said that, and I was like, he's absolutely right. And no matter what, I'm, I'm here to promote a book. I will talk about SNL the whole time. And, I, and I, it's all I want to talk about. Well, all I wanted to talk about when I was a kid. Now, it's funny to be at a point now, even when I was on SNL, it's all I wanted to talk about. And it's crazy to be at a point where I'm like, I'm okay not talking about it so much <laughs> but like at the same time it just changes it changes was it your live stream yeah i mean yeah uh, yeah i have videos of me as a little kid uh dressed up in a suit stand hiding in the bathroom and my mom going bobby moynihan and me like coming out of the bathroom and like pretending to do like snl opens I told Lauren that and he was like, I don't care. <laughs> he was like, weird. <laughs> uh, 
But like, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I would listen to it on the bus. Like I had the, I would tape the audio of the 25th anniversary and just listen to like that audio tape on the bus. I think I was just a comedy fan or just like weird fan. I liked weird more than anything. I want to play one Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, I, I didn't want to just do Bobby Moynihan's Saturday Night Live greatest hits. But this is one that I really loved, which is it's it's this guy whose name is I did not know I I had forgotten his real name, his full name, which is Kirby J. Buttercream. (laughs) But he is a spaceman on a spaceship, and all he talks about is missing his cat. Yeah, J stands for Jellicle. So this is. This is them trying to land this spaceship, I think, on Mars. Kirby, O2 levels. I miss my little kitty cat. Sometimes I'll put a little hat on him and pretend he's a little man. My little businessman. And then I give him a little kiss. A little business kiss. Kirby, I need you to get your head in the game, okay, son? We got a lot of prep before we sit down on that big red rock, and I need you to focus. Copy that, Captain. I just missed my little kitty cat. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I just, I was watching it and imagining you, like, at a table read, having to sell it to a bunch of <laughs> just, like, <laughs> with that, <laughs> like, you desperately want to just say, and then I'll, Act dumb, but actually you have to do it. Yeah, no, I did it on TV. <laughs> Doing it Live on TV television. somehow seems easier to me. Oh, uh, you're you're one hundred percent right. It's much easier to do the show than table read. But yeah, no, I like doing weird stuff like that. <laughs> I love that so much. You said that you only realize now what you learned on Saturday Night Live. Uh, that you can use in your career now. What what were those things? What's one of those things that you realized you learned? Um, I I I learned that I'm I'm a much more pro- like professional actor than I thought. I think I always have said like, oh, I'm just a silly idiot, and like that. I think I like did that, but like now I'm starting to realize I'm not, and I'm adult who went through this business and did a lot of crazy things and came out on the other end. And that, that, that I have more confidence in myself as a professional, you know, act It's not, it's not show up. I, I can't just show up and half ass, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'm at a job and I have to remind myself, I'm like, you're not at SNL. You were there 10 years. This is not those people, you know, like you can't act the way you, maybe acted there sometimes, you know, like it's like it's it got very easy to to work at a place where you got very comfortable. But yeah, I think now it's like it's funny to just like show up, do your job and go home and like feel confident about it. And like, you know, just I don't know. I learned. Uh, I, 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 I it's hard to say it out loud. I think I learned like, oh, I'm better than I thought, meaning like or or I learned a lot more than I thought. I'm I'm I'm. A more professional actor than I thought I was. One of the things that I imagine, you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that when you're on Saturday Night Live, 
it is so compressed, so intense to make an entire show in a week that you are just constantly having to step out on stage with really high stakes and do some, you know, you know, do a dumb voice and talk about your kitty cat and hope that people like it. Right. You have to do that over and over. And one of the big things about showing up to a job where you're going to work three days and you don't know anybody or whatever is every time you do that, if you're going to be successful at it, you have to have that same conviction. Like you have to go, go for it or it's not going to work. Yeah. It's it, SNL is one of those places where you just like, it's that very simple question of like, all we're asking you is to be completely undeniably great. You know, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, okay, got it. Like, you know, I saw a, a clip recently of, I don't even know what it was for, but it was Jack Nicholson winning some award. And I think he had something in him or something, like a couple in him or something. He just didn't have it. And he was like, Robin, who who had also been nominated but lost um, to Jack Nicholson. He was like, Robin, to Robin Williams. He was like, get up here. You, you're better at this. And and then Robin Williams just gets up and destroys for, for six minutes straight. But it was like a sad moment where I was just like a, a a more powerful person pointed at Robin and said, you dance monkey. And he was like, got it. And he was so undeniably prepared. But then they couldn't stop him. And then they're trying to go on and he's still going. And 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 it's like it's like watching, like it's like, well, you brought the lion in. Now you want the lion to calm down. <laughs> like it's it's it was a fascinating thing to see as an adult, like see Robin Williams. Like, I don't know. It just hit me as like a whoa, that was nuts. They just went like Jack Nicholson went like, get up here and dance. And it was weird. I don't know. Just uh it felt a lot like SNL. <laughs> Was there anything when you were working on those last two sitcoms that you wanted to ask John Larroquette or Ted Danson? Yeah, but I got to ask them all of it because they're the best. They're they're the what greatest. What were they? What did you want to ask them? Well, I I I asked well John Larroquette I didn't have to ask anything cuz he just told great stories and the short time that I had with him he was very wonderful to me and just had he was the kind of guy who you would just be like what'd you do this he'd be like what'd you do this weekend and I'd be like I went to the magic castle and he'd be like oh I once saw someone strangle Natalie Wood at the magic castle and you're <laughs> like what like, <laughs> like it, 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 he just has fascinating stories and and Ted Danson was the opposite uh, where it was just like dad i felt like he was tv dad like he was just like he was great and you just feel like he i interviewed him like a year ago and yeah. i was just like i guess he's just really got ted Danson figured out like he feels so there and centered and calm yeah i learned that i learned how to, i learned that like it's much better all i i think snl i had a very chaotic energy i i realized my energy there's sometimes like i see people who i haven't seen since i was us on snl and they're like well are you you're so much slower now <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah no it was a chaotic time but ted danson no ted danson's the guy that taught me like just every two hours just have like some turkey and an apple <laughs> And I've said that in every interview, but that's the best thing I've learned from Ted Danson. I mean, it's not something you could not do after Ted Danson tells you to, yeah, right? It also, it's worked. It's fantastic. I'm great now. I mean, you look gorgeous, Thanks. just like Danson. Thank you. I'm much taller. 
Yeah, you look like you're getting a lot of fiber and sufficient I look, protein. I look like every single person from Cheers smashed together. <laughs> that is not far off, I don't think. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking you had a real quality. I could play quality. every single person on Cheers except for Ted Danson's part. <laughs> You'd make a great coach now that I think of it. Coach, yeah, soon, yeah, I can't wait. Do you think you could do Norm ha- Cliff, Harry Anderson? Do you think you could be Harry Anderson? Yeah, um, yes, I, I know. I have a lot of magic and Meltor Mayfax. Uh-huh. Wade, well, ha- Harry Wade Anderson Boggs, was do you he think on? You could do Wade? Yeah, he was on. He was recurring on Cheers as, as the a, judge from Night Court. Was it as a, a magician who oh, would yeah. wander into the bar and do? Magic tricks, but it wasn't the same. He didn't then become. No, a I judge. don't think it's yeah. an expanson okay. of that. I'm just character. wanting. That I think to he had a whole so life outside of Night Court. I doubt it. In general, doubt both it. In terms of his work and his just his regular life. Yeah, I don't think he just. I think the Mel Torme thing was something they created for Night Court. I don't think. I disagree. I think it was a real thing, and really? Harry's a real judge. Really, and my everything from my childhood is real. Okay, he was very funny. On Night Court was very funny. Yeah, it was. He'd be very funny. If that was a Roz, real everybody judge, I mean, I don't know that it seems like it would be inappropriate if he was a real judge. Not at night, night. It's night court, man. Anything goes. That was the whole point of the show. Just because it's like a crazy version of a regular court? Yeah, it's night. It's not day court. You get crazy at night. I've only ever been to day court. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I did. You ever go know. night bowling or they go like disco bowling? Right. And there's all the lights. and Same the... thing. Okay. And they play the music. Yep. Yeah, I guess because when I was at regular court, the bailiffs were... All the bailiffs in night court are nine feet tall and bald and hilarious. Yeah, regular size bailiffs in (laughs) And full hair. Yeah. They start off as old ladies, I think. Not sassy at all. And then all of a sudden become a giant man without any explanation. (laughs) Um, Every time you have brought up Saturday Night Live, you have laced... The story with you have told it avuncularly, you have told it fondly, and you have dropped in terror about not being great all the time. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'll take that. What's it like to live without (laughs) that? Without what? Without the edge of... Oh, it's fantastic, but it's also like... I think like even the, even now, like when you were saying that earlier, I go, okay, it's that too. It's I'm on a podcast. I don't do, I don't, I don't love talking about myself when I was saying earlier, like I would much rather come in here and say I'm Batman and do something stupid than go in here and be like, my book that's coming out is about sheep that, you know, and like, it feels weird and different that that feels more vulnerable i guess to come to come do that but especially when i talk about snl and stuff like it's all so personal and strange but then it's also like the second i mention somebody else's name it's like oh god did i now is that is that gonna be a problem or you know it's all that that comes with it but also i'm at a point where i go like now where I go like, no, I loved SNL, but it was, it was, uh, I, w- I realize now that like my, my, the reason why I was there for nine and a half years is because I was someone who could take a beating really well, <laughs> like an emotional beating really well and keep moving on and keep doing it. IRL or on screen? Somebody who could just 
I think one of the my strong, I think it's less about comedy at that place and just surviving, survive, mentally surviving what the hell is happening. Like one day you're in a comedy club dreaming of something and then then you're on a mechanical bull with Tom Hanks and you're like, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> like, there's, there's. I realize now that I, I had, I was somebody that was conditioned to do that, to go, to be able to go, hey, Jason can't make this. Get on live TV right now. Put on his suit and just go read those words. And you go, got it. And then afterwards you panic. And like that, that I was good at. I was good at just going and being funny because I, I didn't know any better. Do you feel proud about it? Yeah, super proud. Stick around. More Bullseye Around the Corner from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Oh my gosh, hi. I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. This is Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm here with Bobby Moynihan of Saturday Night Live, DuckTales, and more. He's also the author of a new children's book, Not All Sheep Are Boring. Let's get back into our conversation. If you had chaos energy when you were on Saturday Night Live, do you feel peaceful now? Uh, I'm in, like, I I just said this to my w- wife recently, which is like, SNL, like, there's that terrifying moment where you have to push the boat away from the shore and you're not sure if the boat's going to break. And I feel like I'm at the like at the like right about to get to the other side of that of that lake. And I but I I didn't realize I was that close, like uh, as far as like SNL goes, where like instead of like, oh, my God, what am I going to write this week? Oh, my God. Like, you know, what do they think of this? And like now I wake up and just go like, look, we did it. Like my kid's five. This is great. I got a house. I'm going to go do this job. Like this ain't so bad. This is nice. I'm enjoying this now <laughs> instead of just panicking all the time. When you have a child, you kind of have to learn how to, oh, especially a small everything. child, you have to learn how to be present in a way that you just can't keep running. The, the, since the moment my daughter was born, any problem I had at SNL seems extremely silly. And, and every problem at that time felt monumental and important. And now it's like, oh, I made it. I made it through that to get to here. I guess. Are you at peace with the part of show business, which is that you? <laughs> this is getting so deep, and 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 I at, uh, am I at peace with show business? I mean, if you want to do Batman, I wrote we can do a that book after. about sh- dumb sheep, sheep. <laughs> sheep that are so boring a fro- they can't even keep a frog awake. And now, um, wait. So, so I'm sorry. Answer, ask me your question again. Are you at peace with the part of show business where you don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow? Um, 
That's funny that you say that. I mean, like I was on Mr. Mayor and that got canceled and I would, that was a very unexpected thing for me. Not necessarily uh, maybe unexpected. Yes, it was very unexpected. Or I was also very bummed. I loved working with those people, but it's the first time, you know, since SNL, like I had a very long run where, you know, you, you have that main job, but then you, it, it's the first time where I can go, I've been able to go, you're on other cartoons and you're on like, like all this stuff, but there is definitely a time where you, it's not guaranteed. And that's a good reminder to have because it was a fantasy. It was SNL fantasy camp. It was space camp for 10 years. And now it's family and life and, and reality. But you'll always have your nature cap money. Always. Till the day I die. I kept it all. I keep it right next to Jay Leno's Tonight Show money. It's about to make the same. <laughs> I, bought the, I bought the bank box next to his. <laughs> Never touched your nature cap nope. money. Just live off the sitcom it. money. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Bobby Moynihan, thank you so much for taking all this time to talk to me. I love your work for so long. It's really nice to get to meet you and talk to you. Thanks. Same here. Bobby Moynihan. Thanks to Bobby for coming in and sharing so much with us. His new book is called Not All Sheep Are Boring. You can get it now from your local bookstore. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. We had a tropical storm in Los Angeles the other day. So if there wasn't enough evidence here that God is mad at us. Anyway, it turned out to be not that bad. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers are Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellow at Maximum Fun is Tabitha Myers. We get booking help from Mara Davis. Our interstitial music is by DJW, also known as Dan Wally. Our theme song is called Huddle Formation. It's by The Go Team. Thanks to The Go Team and to Memphis Industries, their label, Go Team, great band. Go check out their records. Bullseye is also on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Find us in all of those places. We share our interviews there. You can share them. Vents? I think that's right. Anyway, I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR.